Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the Four of Cups, Odysseus, and the Cyclops. Today's show will focus on the Five of Cups and Euripides' Trojan Women. About stories, cups, and symbols, and all of the above. Myth Tarot Love. Welcome to Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories and new age wisdom. I'm Biddy, your expert in classics. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome back, everyone. Hello, everyone. Uh, so today's card is the Five of Cups, hmm. um, and it's probably the saddest card in the whole Cups suit that we're going to be talking about, and um, we thought that it was very appropriate that it should fall on the same week as Remembrance Day, mm-hmm. which is November 11th, um, and I think other countries celebrate it's not so much a celebration it's more like a, a memorial holiday it is like, like I, I know in, in the states there's um memorial literal mem- memorial, memorial day, day there's yeah. veterans day i don't know if it it falls on november 11th. the 11th okay so november 11th has to do with like the first world war ending on november 11th at 11 a.m etc um and it was Yes. Sorry, it is it is Veterans Day. It is Day. Veterans Day? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So they have they have the same holi- holiday. It's not really a holiday. It's more just a day where you set aside time to look back um, and think about people who have given their lives for, uh, you know, for you to live a, a good life in your country, right? Um, so it's a day of gratitude, but also a day of remembering the intense grief and loss that there is when you lose so many human lives, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The way that I like to um, think about it, too, is that it's not only the veterans and those who fought in the wars mm-hmm. that we're remembering. It's also the victims, the casualties of war, and the families of the loved ones, too. It's, exactly. It affects yes, more sure. than just... It's everyone. Yeah. it's every. It affects us all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... One of the things that happened to me this week is uh, in Canada, we wear poppies, right? Uh, And it's kind of this this symbol to show um, our support for for those who have suffered, um, in particular due to war. And I was asked by an American saying, hey, why do you, why do you, why is everyone wearing poppies right now? And I was like, what do you mean? You don't wear poppies? Like, it's just so ingrained in Mm -hmm. me. I was really shocked. And I was, I said, oh, well, you know, it has to do with that poem in Flanders Fields. And he had never heard of the poem before. So I thought it would be very appropriate if, as our announcement, we could do the poem in Flanders Fields, mm-hmm. just in case anyone out there hasn't heard it. Um, and it's very appropriate for this card, the Five of Cups. It's also very appropriate for the Ten of Swords, but uh, the Ten of Swords isn't for a while, so... Uh, let's do the f- in Flanders Fields, mm-hmm. which is if you're a Canadian, something that you hear probably that you remember hearing every year uh, in school. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> probably had to perform it a few times. Yep, <laughs> uh, or memorize it. In fact, a few times. <laughs> yeah, or 
make collages <laughs> about, too. about this poem. It's very, yeah. very big poem here. Um, all right, so here it is. In Flanders' fields, the poppies blow, between the crosses, row on row, that mark our place and in the sky, the larks still bravely singing fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago, we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders' field. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw. The torch be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders' field. Um, yeah. So that's that's the poem, and I've always felt it's such a strong image to have this this idea of poppies growing on top of the dead bodies or of those mm-hmm. who have who have died in battle, and um, it kind of talks about this idea of new growth after loss, um, and this idea that okay, you you have you have this intense loss, but you still have to move forward beyond mm-hmm. it, and you still have to. Um, keep going, really, and and fighting on, um, not only because you have to, but also in in memory of those who have have gone as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so this card is the Five of Cups. In the Rider Waite Smith deck, you have a figure who is very sad looking, very solemn, very solemn, uh, wearing this dark black cloak. Uh, head really like lowered and shoulders look to be haunched. It looks like a grieving figure, mm-hmm. honestly, who's standing straight um, towards but, the left. And he's turned away, and I think that mm-hmm. also makes him look even more sad and more just Yeah, like, that you can't see his face. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are five cups. Three are in front of the figure, and those three have fallen. It also looks like there is red liquid among them. Um, oh yeah so it might be uh, I think that might be like a symbol of blood or like blood loss Um, it could also just be wine yep right Um, but there are two cups behind the figure as well and those ones are still standing Uh, and this is very significant in the five of cups because it's this idea that uh, the figure is only able to face and is only able to see the cups that have fallen and not the ones that are still standing and this talks about the idea that when you are in grief, you can only really see what is painful. You can only see what is hard. Um, and it's kind of like this grief just consumes you completely. And you're not really able to see the parts that are left over. At the, like what's You're not able to see what's left mm-hmm. behind, right? Yeah. This is definitely the card that's been warned to us in the Four of Cups. And even a little bit warned in the Three of Cups. Um, you know, in the Three of Cups, we had this great big party. Everything was really great and awesome. And it said, hey, you know, this is really awesome. You you better appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Four of Cups happens. It's like, hey, you're, you're not appreciating what you have. Um, you are not grateful. <laughs> you, should, you should go on and get grateful. <laughs> And then or this else is, you're gonna lose it. Or else, this uh, one. and this one, yeah, this <laughs> one's the or else. This yeah. is this is the oh my gosh, you you fool, you have done something 
awful. Well, not so much awful, but it's more like this idea that maybe you didn't look after what you did have and Mm -hmm. as a result you've lost it or um, perhaps something you did something that you didn't realize was going to be uh, have such negative consequences and oh my gosh it does and now you can't take it back yeah right mm-hmm. um this can also represent the the loss of a relationship right um or at least or maybe at least a, a really severe quarrel mm-hmm. in a relationship um is there right. a card that signifies that like a loss of a relationship oh or... yeah there is yeah okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is it's not necessarily this one this mm-hmm. one can represent that this one's more focused on regret okay right so this is more focused on the idea of uh oh oh my goodness you did something or you didn't look after something and now it's gone and all you can all you can think of is what you have lost and you are unable to see, and, and it's the grief is consuming you to a point where you're unable to see what you still have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, in the tarot, there's it's very rare that you'll have a card that's all negative. Um, and even the most negative cards can have, have the silver lining aspect to them. And with the Five of Cups, this silver lining, if you will, is, is this idea that, hey, you haven't lost everything. Yeah. Two out of five of your cups are still standing. And you can still look after those. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this is kind of telling you a way of already within the card. It's giving you this this hint of how do you overcome this this grand loss um, and the sense of disappointment. Um, and it's it's by recognizing what you do have left over and looking after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So normally. I get this card for people in readings as like a future event card, or it might be um, like it can be an obstacle for sure, because it talks about like all-consuming grief. Yeah. Um, it can be. Uh, it can be a lot of things. It can it can definitely represent a person, or it can represent like. Um, the past that's brought you here is this idea of like grieving in your past that brings you towards your current your current mm-hmm. position, um, or perhaps like a, a grand regret. It can be a it can be a fear that someone has mm-hmm. something that someone's trying to uh, avoid. So in in a reading, this can be this can be a very powerful card to receive because especially if it's in your future. Yeah. If it's in your future, it's a, it's a big warning. Yeah. <laughs> right? Saying... Like, you, if you keep going on this path, then that's is, what's going to happen. Yeah, you're going to have some disappointments yeah. ahead for you, um, for sure. Yeah. But if it's, like, if this is a fear that a person's trying to avoid, mm-hmm. um, then it kind of it kind of gives that color to all of your other cards saying, like, it'll give you that perspective of, like, hey, you are really afraid of losing something, of being disappointed. Um but what you need to be focusing on is what you have instead of what you can lose, mm-hmm. right? So that can be a really powerful insight for a person, depending on what their situation is. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely, it's definitely a useful card. Like, when every time it's come up, it's normally given pretty good insights. Mm. Um, I, I find it mostly because, like, when, when you are grieving especially, it's really hard for you to focus on the positive aspects because you're like in the middle of grief yeah and it's hard to see like when that grief will come to an end and yeah i guess 
the good things around you, like you said. Yeah. Or like I mentioned before, <laughs> right? Uh, if someone says, oh, but you still have this and this and this, you you might, like, that might almost be a, an extra thorn in your side, right? That's because, true, yeah. Because you're like, yeah, but I want to grieve right now. <laughs> Right. Yeah, All you so want to do might is want, grieve. Might want not want to practice gratitude right in that moment, like we talked about last. Exactly. Week. It's like once you're once you're in this whole mindset of grief, it it can it can really be difficult for you to want to practice gratitude in that moment. <laughs> you're like, yes. I still have this, <laughs> but I've lost all of this. All of these things, yeah. yeah. Um, so the card kind of talks about the, that frustration and the and the difficulty there, mm-hmm. especially um, there. I think the most difficult thing about this card is this idea that it could have been avoided. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it's, is it almost like it's your own doing then? Yeah. Like, like it's not really. It's very much a regret mm-hmm. kind of card. Right? And a regret yeah. can be so consuming. Yeah. Because some things, or sometimes, like, situations can occur that result in something bad, but this is mm-hmm. more like you did this to yourself. You did this to yourself, and the figure on the card is, like, the way they're grieving, it's almost like shame. Mm-hmm. Right? It's almost yeah. like there's a shame involved with it, um, which can make it even worse to try and overcome because, like, when you're feeling ashamed, it's almost like you want... You, you need it's almost like you feel like you have to punish yourself right right um so there there are a lot of these emotions in this card mm. for sure boy yeah <laughs> it's intense yeah so uh we we get to hear about a tragedy today <laughs> we do yeah my my side isn't gonna get any happier here i apologize it's a little but you heavier, told me a little but... bit about this story and i think it has a really great moral I think it does too. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like looking beyond just what happens within the story, it does have good, yeah, good moral implications and just a good mm, a message. Maybe that's yeah. what I'm, I'm like, thinking Yeah, I find it interesting that it had such a strong humanitarian message to it at this at the time it was written. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, little no. ukulele falling no, down. Not gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I caught her. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> She's good. Okay. She's good. So, yeah, so the story I'm going to talk to you about today is Euripides's Trojan Women. So it was a tragedy um, that was produced in 415 BCE, um, which is during the time of the Peloponnesian War, um, which is a war between Athens and, and Sparta. Um, and each of their allies against each other. And this war lasted almost 30 years, so it was very long, very enduring. Mm -hmm. It really affected everyone (laughs) in a very profound way. Um, And like I said, it was performed by Euripides. He was a very famous playwright um, in his time and one of, I I can definitely say my favorite, (laughs) (laughs) Tragedian, um, for sure. So the- How do you say that? Tragedian? Tragedian. Tragedian. So a tra- so a, a playwright of tragedies. A playwright of tragedies Tra- is a tragedian. Yeah, I'm probably not saying it right. That's cool. <laughs> I like that word. I've never heard that yeah. word before. There we go. <laughs> yeah. New words. Word, word New of the words. week. <laughs> Should make a little jingle out of that. Yeah. <laughs> word of the week. Word of the week. <laughs> I think I 
I've been, I've been bad. I haven't been doing it as much lately. I, I apologize. So there we go. Oh, you definitely include like at least a few new vocab words every, okay. every week. There's definitely a new word I've never heard before. Awesome. Okay, I try. Yeah. <laughs> try, try to throw that in there. Um, so yeah, so the play itself takes place at the end of the Trojan War um, after the Greeks are victorious and they infiltrate Troy. They the city has been sacked and everyone has either been killed or enslaved. So this is, um, it, last week we were talking about Odysseus and his journey home. This is before Odysseus leaves Troy, but after, definitely after um, the events of the Iliad take place. Mm-hmm. So it's this in between. And So this is after the Trojan horse, right? After the Trojan horse, yeah. exactly, yeah. So it's actually plays like this that give us some of those myths that happen, the the in-between, mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, because the Trojan horse doesn't happen in the Iliad. It happens afterwards. So this is kind of, yeah, one of those, like, little Every extras. time I hear of Troy, I just think of the Trojan horse. It's such a, <laughs> it's such an iconic image. It is. It definitely is. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, yeah, so the story centers around particularly what happens to the women of Troy. Um, So the wife of King Priam, um, his wife is Hecuba, and her daughters, uh, Cassandra and a little bit of Polyxena, and their daughter-in-laws, Andromache and Helen. So um, Hecuba is, throughout the play, she is in its entirety, um, kind of centers around her, sort of, um, but she definitely, as the other um, characters come in they kind of they have the conversations with her so mm-hmm. I'm going to be going through it basically each char- like character by character is it only these five women in the play no there are other people in the play Menelaus um, mm-hmm. is in the play it's just these are the five main characters and they're all women yes I love that yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's called Trojan women yay <laughs> Yeah. Let's ignore the fact they were probably all played by men. Uh, not probably. They were 100% <laughs> <laughs> all played by men wearing yeah. masks and their feminine garments. And yes, no, 100%. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we'll start with uh, Hecuba. The play opens with uh, Hecuba. She has this really sad, obviously sad, lamenting scene. Um, mm-hmm. Troy is burning. Her husband's been killed. Her sons have all been killed. It's very, very sad. And she knows that she is to become the slave of Odysseus. Um, mm. And as we spoke about it last week, we know that no one returned home with Odysseus. So Oh, we can, dear. Yeah, so. Hecuba does not have a happy ending. Uh-uh. She does not make it um, back to Ithaca with him. We'll leave it at that. No. <laughs> and on top of that, she's a slave. Yeah, she's a slave. Luckily, not for very long. She does um, pass fairly soon on his journeys home. Um, she's not in the Odyssey at all. So, mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't have to suffer for much too longer, which is probably a good thing because of everything, again, that she knows that her daughters and everyone else have to endure. Um, so after Hecuba speaks, has her speech, um, Cassandra, her daughter, comes on stage and she is found out and is telling Hecuba that she is going to be the slave um, and concubine of Agamemnon, who is the Trojan not sorry, Trojan, the Greek, mm, I don't want to call him king, leader, I'll say leader of the Greeks, Okay. Um, Menelaus's brother. 
Um, and we're going to, I'm sure we're going to get more into that story later because that's its own trilogy. It's of, whole own thing. That's its whole own bag of worms. <laughs> um, Agamemnon's return home, but. I like his name. Agamemnon. <laughs> Agamemnon. Agamemnon. <laughs> it's pretty, uh, pretty solid name. I guess. It's a solid name. <laughs> Let's ignore the fact that uh, he's making this woman miserable. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he is. The issue with Cassandra, which I touched on earlier when we were talking about it, she mm-hmm. um, has a gift of prophecy. However, mm-hmm. she has the curse that no one understands her or believes her. Oh, dear. Yes. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. So she's always right, but no one believes her. Yes. Oh yeah, I feel her pain <laughs> all the time. <laughs> like, but I'm right. Yeah. yeah so basically, um, she's this very beautiful Trojan princess. Gets the eye of a god, Apollo. Um, but she denies him, and he didn't like that very much. So he gave her because he's the god of prophecy. So mm-hmm. he gave her the ability to prophecy, and but that no one will believe her. So she knows as she's leaving what's going to happen that. She's going to be the downfall of Agamemnon and his whole house. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't believe her. But he doesn't believe her. No one believes her. Even when the Trojan horse came, they left, you know, the Greeks mm-hmm. left the Trojan horse. Everyone's like, oh, let's bring it in. She's like, no, like, don't do it. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. And they did it anyway. No one believes her. No one believes her. Yeah. So, poor that girl. sucks. Yeah. But <laughs> she is happy about it. I mean, as happy about it as she can be because she knows that her going with Agamemnon will be their downfall of the mm-hmm. house. And so, like, that she will almost get that vengeance um, for her brother and for, like, her entire family family and city. Yeah. Um, she'll be able to do that. Okay. Um, still, I mean, she dies, like, basically as soon as they get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we'll go into that another time so she leaves and Andromache uh, comes in and Andromache is the wife of Hector who is the oldest son of Priam and Hecuba and he was the best Trojan fighter and he was the one that was killed by Achilles okay Um, if you ever saw I don't know if you saw the movie Troy or not have you I think so. Maybe. He's the one that um, Achilles drags him around the walls of Troy by the the back of his chariot Oh. Yeah, it's very sad. (laughs) It's not a good one. Um, But, yeah, so that's her husband. Um, And when she arrives, she uh, informed Hecuba that her youngest daughter, um, Polyxena, was just sacrificed at the tomb of Achilles. Oh, no. And that Andromache is to become the concubine of Achilles' son, Neoptolemus. Because at this point, Achilles has passed. Mm Mm-hmm. So she's going to be um, his slave. And... It, I don't know, the scene in particular is sad, I find, because it's also where um, Andromache learns that her son, Astyanax, is going to be killed mm-hmm. by the Greeks. Um, because they, the leaders fear that, you know, if he's going to grow up, he'll grow up hating the Greeks and want to seek vengeance for, obviously, for everything, everything that they did. Yeah, so they, <laughs> they want to kill him while he's young. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. This is heavy stuff. Sorry. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is a pretty heavy... Mm -hmm. uh, play no it is it is what it is yeah yeah. five of cups it is five of the cups five of cups um it's pretty sad it is and 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 this too like with with andromache there's this beautiful scene um in the iliad between her and hector where 
they're talking and they're happy and they're holding their son and it's like this mm-hmm. image of a happy family and now it's that's just gone and she yeah. she could almost see it coming too she knew that if they would lose what would become of her and that's exactly what's happening yeah so there's all that that disappointment and focusing on the past and focusing on what's been lost mm-hmm. for sure yeah, yeah exactly and how and can you not <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely yeah so yeah i feel like it touches on the inevitability of like what happens mm-hmm. afterwards and then to the survivors and finally <laughs> there's a scene between hecuba helen and menelaus so this is also uh, referred to as a trial of helen because she's basically pleading her case to menelaus uh, who's her former husband before she was taken to troy mm-hmm. that she that he won't kill her, um, but instead take him with her um, back to Sparta. Or take her with him back to Troy. Yeah, yeah. And so Hecuba um, is obviously very much against her living because she blames Helen for all the pain and death and suffering that has happened to Troy. Because okay, I yeah. feel like if she never had come, then none of this would have happened, which isn't not true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It, it yeah, is Helen, true. It, Helen of Troy. Yeah. Um, so it's... at the end, it seems like Menelaus is pretty set to kill her. However, as the audience would know that Helen does go back to Sparta with Menelaus and they do kind of live happily ever after. And Isn't that weird? It is. It's a little weird. Like, <laughs> huh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely a tragedy, <laughs> this play, and mm-hmm. it's pretty sad throughout, but it's also, again, it's a reminder that war is bloody and gruesome and awful, but it's not only for the soldiers that are in it, but it's for everyone, the auxiliary victims as well, yeah, the wives like every, and the children. Everyone who's affected by, by the bloodshed, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, yeah, and a reminder just... To remain humane, sorry, remain did not, humane. Did not mean to rhyme there. Um, yeah. even in war, because you know, what if this is your wife or mother or child, or that could happen to you? So yeah, that's what I was so mentioning. So going into another country, you need to show respect for the people that you mm-hmm. are overthrowing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, because they're still people. They are still people, and you never know what can happen in your own country too. Exactly. Like, it's. Treat others as you want to be treated. Exactly. Yeah. So this is this is a Roman play? Greek. This was, Greek. Oh, it was so, a Greek play. Yeah, Greek. Greek um, play saying don't act like we did in this case. Yes. So, mm-hmm. exactly. So that, that's the interesting part is that it would be Greeks watching this and Trojans, um, they would be considered the other Mm-hmm. because they're uh, exactly another... like the trojans are the main so, characters and, that, and that's in what's case. interesting it's is that the perspective of their enemies exactly so that's they're meant so... to sympathize with their enemies but uh, yeah i feel like that's such forward like thinking for for that time right because because mm-hmm. it's so easy to want to like villainize your enemy and say oh look how great we were for defeating them etc et yeah we won the war the we're his- so great yeah. and it's History's like written by yeah, the victors you- kind yeah. of idea it's like yeah you did but <laughs> and and here here's a play where they're showing um the other side mm-hmm. and they're willing to show how gruesome mm-hmm. it is and how gruesome they were that's awesome. And how gruesome they can still be. Yeah. If, if they choose to be that way. 
That sounds amazing. Like, what an amazing play. And, like, when was this written? <laughs> 415 BC. That's crazy. So, to almost 2,500 years ago. Amazing. And so the people that say that, oh, they were dumb or backward thinking or whatever, whatever, it's they like, were not. <laughs> people were still people Yeah, 2,500 years ago. <laughs> yep. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So... That is a very good, I think, a very good example of the of the tragedy that can be over overwhelming in the Five of Cups for sure. De- yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that's when I you know was hearing okay sadness and disappointment. And I'm like okay, well I have a story for that. Yeah. So um, it was Cassandra who had the the gift of prophecy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she was the one that was able to still see the two cups that were remaining. Because she was yes. still saying, well, at least I'll be able to bring a downfall. At least I'll be able to have my revenge mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Helen kind of was still able to as well because yeah, Helen was able. Yeah. And, and, it, yeah. and it depends. It's so interesting with the, with Helen in there too because do you feel bad for her? Was it her choice to leave? Was it not? Was she taken yeah, against she, her will? Do you like because she says, oh, you know, I kept trying to leave. I kept trying to go back to Menelaus. Mm-hmm. But do you believe her? Did she, she actually wasn't try? She also didn't she like, try? didn't she also fall in love with Paris? Like, did she? Yeah. Oh, right. That did, Helen, did she leave? She sounds like a complicated person. Yeah. And you know what? It might not be that easy for her either. Like she might have, she might have honestly fallen for both of them. She may have. That's possible. She may have fallen for for both, or mm-hmm. she, maybe she was taken against her will. It's it's hard to say. How much of a victim is she? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's it's also interesting that in the end she does end up going back to Sparta and living mm-hmm. a like happily ever after kind of scenario. Yeah, there, after all that, after all that, there's another play. Oh no, um, <laughs> Helen. Oh no, I can't think. I might have just been called Helen. I can't. I can't remember mm-hmm. right the second. But um, basically, in that one, it says that Helen never actually got to Troy. She was in Egypt instead the whole time, and it was kind of like a. Not almost like a shade, like an image of her that was, it was like a fake Helen that was at Troy. And she was in Egypt the whole time. And in this play, Menelaus comes to Egypt and actually sees her and and kind of rescues her from where she's staying. Mm -hmm. And she goes back with him. So she's kind of like, see, like I was faithful, you know, to you the whole time. I loved you. Like that, that wasn't me. A whole other side to the story. Yeah. Because, because in the Odyssey, um, Odysseus' son actually goes to see uh, um, Helen and Menelaus in Sparta. So we know that she's back mm-hmm. and she's with him and that they're like on good terms. I wonder if that comes from this idea that like people think that if someone's cheated that they can't go back and have a, a successful relationship. Mm, maybe. Right? Because that, because like, uh, like being unfaithful in, especially as a woman in, in that time was yeah. was seen as like a horrendous crime, right? There's also the question of agency, right? Like mm-hmm. how much influence did she actually have on what happened to her? Yeah, there is that. Like how how big of a player was she? All these questions. Mm-hmm. All these questions that don't have to do with the five of cups. <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> we just started like ranting about Helen. Don't get me on this. I can you know what? We're gonna forever. have we're gonna have time to talk about Helen. I bet she's some kind of queen. We'll discuss what kind of queen she sure. is. Sure. Yeah. And she's probably like maybe she's like the queen of wands or something. Maybe we'll talk about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, that brings us to the that end, brings us to the end of this particular of, of this particular um, card. Um, Fear not. This is this is as low as the cups gets. The cups is very much a story that tells a romance, and there is very much a happily ever after. Um, so we'll 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 talk about that as well. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We'll get yeah. happier. Um, uh, yes. So the the cups. This is the low point of of our our romance, if you will. Like in a rom com, you always have that. Uh, that initial spark, which was our Ace of Cups, and then oh, good times, and it's our, our uh, the commitment and the good times mm-hmm. are it's two and three of cups, and the four of cups is people start taking things for granted, and the five of cups is some sort of misunderstanding, and oh no, how do you get out of this this one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the the hero is uh, grieving. Cue over. the montage of sadness. Exactly <laughs> the the ice cream and yeah. <laughs> and sad music plays. So, uh, there are, after this, we're going to be looking at the Six of Cups. Yes, the Six of Cups and a view on classics in our modern world. Exactly, because Six of Cups is all about them nostalgia times. Yep. (laughs) But also, we had this really awesome conversation about it, and I'm excited to share it with you guys as well. (laughs) All right, um... Yeah, so that brings us to the end of our episode. Yes, thank you everyone, as always, so much for listening today and in the future. Um, If you'd like to support the show, the easiest way to do so is to tell a friend and spread the word. Um, Otherwise, you can also leave us a review on iTunes, um, possibly Google Play, not really sure. Um, But this also helps more people find the show, and it is very quick and easy to do. That's right. Um... Yeah, so next week, Six of Cups. Um, may everyone have a very uh, solemn and memorable Remembrance Day mm-hmm. or Veterans Day for our American uh, neighbors. All right. Is that it? Mm, oh, part- no, wait. Right. <laughs> uh, we have our, our parting words for today, and it does come from the American Tarot Association. Um, it is has to do with the five of cups and we thought it was a very good parting Mm -hmm. words for you all uh never let your tears stop you from seeing what is left over Talk about stories, cups, and symbols 